As Christians, we believe in the literal and triumphant return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we are to look forward to or long for this appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, this blessed hope. But when will this momentous event occur? When will the Lord Jesus come again? We don't know. We don't know for the Bible, which is the word of God, doesn't tell us. However, our passage of this morning, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 12, does tell us, I believe, three things that will take place before our Lord's return. Some of the believers in Thessalonica had become unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from Paul saying that the day of the Lord had arrived. The day of the Lord was here. Paul wrote to the believers to tell them that day will not come until three particular events happen. For our time in God's word this morning, let's look at those three preceding events. They are the rebellion will occur or the great apostasy, the man of lawlessness will be revealed, the Antichrist, and a restrainer will be taken out of the way of the power of lawlessness, a restrainer. And you'll go on to hear in point three that my opinion is that restrainer is the Holy Spirit. First, the rebellion will occur. Notice Paul's words in the first half of verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians 2. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. The rebellion being referred to here is the falling away of professing Christians from the Lord Jesus. The falling away from the truth of the gospel of those who have made a profession of faith. The word translated rebellion here is literally apostasy. 
Apostasy is the abandonment of Christ and the gospel. Apostasy is where people who say they believe in Christ go on to rebel against that belief. The Lord Jesus, says Paul, will not return until there is a rebellion within the church against him. The day of the Lord will not arrive until there comes, first of all, the apostasy. The Lord Jesus, when he was physically on earth, I think clearly pointed out this same truth. Turn to Matthew 24 and notice with me verses 10 through 13. Matthew 24, verses 10 through 13. We find in this location these words. At that time, says Jesus, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold but he who stands firm to the end will be saved many will turn away from the faith many false prophets will appear and deceive many the love of most will grow cold. At one time, Wednesday night was the book of Jeremiah night here at Trinity Church. For three years on Wednesday evenings, we went through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet of the Lord God to the people of Judah in the 7th and 6th centuries B.C. And most of the people of Judah then, unfortunately, had forsaken the Lord. They no longer cherished his word. They had become transgressors of his ways. They went after other gods. Jeremiah 2 records these words about them. As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the house of Israel is disgraced. They say to wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me, and not their faces. You have rebelled against me, declares the Lord. That says the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24, and Paul, in our passage of this morning, is what will occur on a large scale in the church of Jesus Christ before the Lord Jesus Christ returns. 
there will be a defection on the part of those who have been reached outwardly by the gospel. The visible church, by and large, will forsake the true faith. During this time of Satan's little season, our Lord puts it this way in Luke 18, the end of verse 8. However, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Hearing this first point makes me ask myself, am I truly a believer in the Lord Jesus? Do I embrace him in my heart, not just outwardly, but in my heart as my Savior from sin and the Lord of my life? Can I say that I really do love the Lord Jesus? And how about you? Do you embrace the Lord Jesus with your life? He has you. For to you to live is Christ. Do you love him more than anyone or anything else? This defection will not occur with genuine believers in Christ. It cannot happen to true believers. It will take place with those who merely adhere in a formal way to him. The good shepherd knows his true sheep. No one shall ever snatch them out of his hands. However, I ask, do I love the Lord Jesus Christ? The Old Testament foreshadows the major truths of the New Testament. The new is in the old contained. The old is in the new explained. During Old Testament days, you'll remember that we see again and again the turning of Israel from the living God. Israel forsaking the true God. Those turnings prepare us for, picture for us, this final apostasy which will occur in the New Testament church. Once more, I ask, are you truly a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you a candidate for this great apostasy? The second event which will occur 
before the coming again of our Lord Jesus is the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Let's notice Paul's words once again in verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians 2. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. The man of lawlessness mentioned here by Paul is, I believe, the Antichrist referred to by the Apostle John in 1 John and 2 John. And in our passage of this morning, Paul tells us several things about this man of lawlessness or the Antichrist. Let's notice four of those things. A, from verse 4, the Antichrist will oppose and exalt himself over God. He will even proclaim himself to be God. The prefix anti in the Greek, antichrist, the prefix anti means against and instead of. When the antichrist comes, he will be the enemy. He will be the adversary of God. He will place himself in opposition to God, to God's law, to God's people. And he will actually so place himself in opposition that he will recognize only one God, namely himself. He will substitute himself for God against instead of. And because he will be this way, and will demand divine homage and following of himself alone. He will bring in a time of great tribulation for God's people. The Lord Jesus says this in Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22, about this period of the Antichrist. Satan's short season. Then, Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. Then, there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Antiochus Epiphanes. In the second century BC, there was a ruler by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. And he was a very evil, a very wicked person. He set himself against God. 
And he was determined to wipe out the religion of Israel, root and branch. He ordered that the people of Israel sacrifice to idols and that they worship him. He brought about a very difficult time for God's people. He illustrates for us this Antichrist. The Antichrist will oppose the Lord God. He will put himself up as the Lord God, and he will bring in a time of great tribulation. B, Paul in verse 9 of our text also tells us that the coming of the Antichrist will be in accordance with the work of Satan. In other words, Satan will be very much a part of this Antichrist. Satan will help him. Actually, that last phrase is putting it too mildly. Satan will control the Antichrist. He will energize the Antichrist. The devil will invest him with great might. There will be a tremendous display of power on the part of the Antichrist because of Satan. Look at verses 9 and 10. Second Thessalonians, verses 9 and 10. They say, the coming of the Antichrist will be attended by all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and by every sort of evil. When I was in college, one of the foreign languages I took was German. One day in German lab, the professor played a tape of a speech given by Adolf Hitler. It was something. As I listened, I remember feeling the power of that evil man. The Antichrist will be a person of power. He will have the power of Satan to perform tremendous deeds. And that leads us to the third item Paul tells us about the Antichrist. See, we see in verse 10 that the man of lawlessness will deceive the perishing. Because of his displays of power, he will gain the following of those who are perishing. And that is true of those, perhaps especially true, of those in the church who are not genuine children of God. Verse 11 says he will be a powerful delusion and the perishing will believe the lie. Listen, a person becomes a rock star or a movie star, and we are awed 
by him or her. We are ready to idolize him or her. A person becomes a sports star. And again, we are captured by him or her. He or she has a real influence over aspects of our lives. A number of years ago, Bobby Richardson, who used to play second base for the New York Yankees, and, and I hope I have this story still correct in my mind. Bobby Richardson told me the story of taking Mickey Mantle to church one Sunday. Bobby Richardson is a Christian, and he would witness to and pray for Mickey Mantle. And one Sunday, evidently there was a, an evening game, he took Mickey Mantle to church with him. And it wasn't long before the people in the church realized Mickey Mantle was present. At the end of the service, when I guess the closing hymn was being sung, Bobby Richardson thought it would be best to try to sneak out during that hymn with Mickey Mantle to avoid all kinds of whatever that would take place. And so he took Mickey and they, and they left. Bobby went on to say that many of the people who were singing that last hymn stopped singing, actually left the pews and went after Mickey Mantle. The Antichrist will come with counterfeit miracles, with lying wonders, and the perishing will embrace him. Quickly, but importantly, what is the answer to not being deceived by the Antichrist? Look at the end of verse 10. They perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. The answer is to love the truths of the word of God, especially the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, do you know the word of God? Do you know this book and love it? Do you know who the Lord Jesus is and why he came? And have you put your trust in him? The answer is to love the truths of the word of God, particularly as they are centered in the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 13, verse 13. Despise God's word and find yourself in trouble. Obey it and succeed. Let's look at just one more fact about the man of lawlessness from our text of 2 Thessalonians 2. D. He, however, will be overthrown and destroyed at the second coming of the Lord Jesus. See verse 8 with me. And then the lawless one 
will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. Uh, Notice what I just read. The Lord Jesus will simply speak, and the Antichrist will be conquered, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. God in his sovereignty has allowed for the man of lawlessness. For God's glory, God has allowed an antichrist to come. And he has purposed to destroy him. Jesus Christ will destroy him. Our last point this morning is the third event that will happen before the Lord Jesus returns is a restrainer will be taken out of the way of the power of lawlessness. A restrainer. And I think that restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Notice verses 6 and 7 of 2 Thessalonians 2. And now you know what is holding him back, meaning the man of lawlessness, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back. And there have been many suggestions as to the identity of this restrainer of this one who now holds back the power of lawlessness. I'm throwing out for your thinking, for your consideration, that this restrainer is the Holy Spirit. And he will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has a number of important ministries that he performs. He gives people new hearts so they will believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. He enables saved ones to die more and more to sin and live more and more to righteousness. He bestows spiritual gifts, spiritual capacities on all believers for service in the church. He illumines Minds to understand the Bible, the Word of God, which he also brought about through breathing God's Word into certain apostles and prophets. And another of his ministries, I think, is to hold back wickedness, to keep a reign on lawlessness until the Father wills. For this lawlessness to run rampant. We read now in our passage of this morning that at some point, in my opinion, the Father will take the Holy Spirit out of this ministry. The Father will remove the Holy Spirit's restraining influence. And evil will become like it has never been before 
and the man of lawlessness will be revealed. And that will occur also before the second coming of Christ. Remember in the book of Esther how Haman wanted to do great evil? He wanted to slaughter and annihilate the Jews. God, however, prevented that from happening. At some point, before the Lord returns, the Holy Spirit will no longer restrain evil. Or, if you're still uncomfortable with that, something, someone, will no longer restrain evil the way it does now. He, it, will be taken out of the way. Let me end this third point with a sober and very important challenge. I believe Christians will go through this time of great tribulation. The phrase I've used, I believe Christians will experience Satan's little season that comes at the very end. As the Lord Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 22, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. There will be, I think, believers in this time of great tribulation. So, let me ask, are you preparing yourself for the possibility of going through this great tribulation? Are you conditioning yourself for this time? If I was to tell you that a great famine of food or a great financial depression was going to take place, you would prepare yourself for that difficult day, would you not? Are you preparing yourself for what is going to come at the very end? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27 about his Christian life. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave. We may not face the day of the man of lawlessness, but are we ready, if we will, are we ready for whatever challenge may come our way? Let's be serious about our Christian lives. Like Paul, let us not run like a man running aimlessly. Let us not fight like a man beating the air. Let us be sober. Let us be committed. Let us be disciplined. Let us be growing. Let us pursue, more than anything else, the things of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father,
we bow before you and we ask you to take this message and to uh, put your grace upon it. Heavenly Father, I'm not sure if everything that was said is just absolutely correct. I think so, but I'm not sure. But that which is correct, please take and bring into our lives so that this time here turns out to be a profitable time, a time well spent for your honor. Help us to be serious Christians. Oh, Heavenly Father, please so work that we are definitely Christians and we will not go on to deny the Lord Jesus Christ at some point. Please, in your grace, once again, take this message and bring honor to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.